You are now listening to the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. Here is your host, Blaine Spencer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. We are rolling through our divisional breakdowns. We are now up to the AFC West after this episode. Only two to go, just in the nick of time for the start of the NFL season. For the AFC West, I have my good friend Jalen Hunter from the Unpopular Podcast. I was just on his show. Now it's my turn to return the favor and have him on mine. Jalen, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Hey, man, I appreciate the invitation, man. It it definitely means a lot. I've been following you for a good little minute, so it's, it's definitely an honor being on the pod, man. Likewise, it was an honor when I came on yours the other day. If you guys hadn't yet, go follow, subscribe to Jalen's show. He does a great work. And, you know, you get to see me. I mean, that's not the point of the show, but I am (laughs) on the last episode. There you Uh, go. But, Jalen, we're talking AFC West today. We're going to roll through the Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos. So let's dive right in. You ready to rock and roll? Yeah, let's get it, man. All right. Let's start off with the, the team that seems to be the supremacy of the AFC, that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And based off of what we have seen with a team that and the, the rest of the West has kind of loaded up, the Chiefs have de- dealt with the issues of their own, right? Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, gone, traded to Miami because he wanted that bread that he rightfully deserved. Devontae Adams is now an, a Raider, kind of makes everything a little more interesting. They've added acquisitions in Kansas City with Juju Smith-Schuster, Marcus Vallis-Scantling, mm-hmm. Guy Moore was a second-round draft pick. Travis Kelsey, arguably the best tight end in football, still there. But I think one of the bigger components that people are trying to forget is that their anchor on the defensive side is gone with Tyron Matthew yeah. walking away, going to the Saints. So talk to me, Jalen. What do you see in Kansas City? Is it is it are they a lock for another AFC championship? Because basically you can pencil them in right now. That's been it's like for the in oh. past. Well, I appreciate that was a that was a good I hit the mic. That was a good uh build up. I do like what you said because I don't think it's talked about enough, and that is the loss of Tyron Matthew. Uh Just well, we know the Achilles heel for this Kansas City Chiefs team has been the backside of their defense. And when you lose your defensive anchor, especially on the backside, it's like, where are you going to go from there? Yes, I understand how good Tyreek Hill is. uh, And what they're trying to do is they're trying to, I guess, get his production by committee. Like you said, you get Valdez Scanling, you get Juju Smith-Schuster. You're probably going to incorporate McCole Harmon more. But, yeah, you get Jordan Reed, but I don't know how that is going to be a problem. And I do think one of the when you saw Patrick Mahomes in that offense at its worst is when the team was drastically unbalanced, meaning that any time Patrick Mahomes got on the field, you're already down seven or 14 points. And it's like at this point, it's if it's not the defense, it's. It's it's the special teams outside of the kicking. So I I'm not gonna say you can pencil them in because as you said, it has been a, a they, they pretty much penciled in the last few years. I do want to see what happens with the Bills and even in this division, as you stated, a lot of things have changed. 
when we talk about it, well, of course, you're going to talk about the Broncos. We're going to talk about the, the new acquisitions for the Raiders. And, of course, the biggest change, in my opinion, as far as team to team year from year is the Chargers. So while I don't think you can pencil them in, I do want to see how they they incorporate how they operate with a new defense uh, or without their defensive anchor. Um, I mean, I am curious to see what happens with that. I do think they're still the chiefs. You know, you still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have Andy Reid. You still have Travis Kelsey, who is possibly the best. um, At least I will say definitely the best receiving tight end. Uh, But yeah, that defense is, is there's still a lot of question marks and we just, I guess we'll just have to see, you know, I think the Chiefs are really intriguing this year, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of team, or not teams, but a lot of us the, yeah. in the media are trying to figure out ways to write them off, right? It's almost, oh, no Tyreek Hill, no Tyre Matthew. Matthew, I think, is the bigger loss than Hill, and I don't even think it's really close. Yeah. Because I think, like you've mentioned, Hardman kind of fills that void to some degree mm-hmm. that with the slants, the screens – Valdez Scantling will be that over the top threat with his speed for the deep ball aspect. It is going to be a by a committee approach for sure. Yeah. I feel like people are almost like writing off how great Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes really are though. I think what people are, I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think, I think what people it's hard. The last image that we have, in our minds from the Kansas city chiefs is blowing a 17 point lead or second right. half lead. And that is the first time we've kind of seen for lack of a better term, the chiefs be outside the super bowl, the chiefs be human before you get to the super bowl. Uh, and on top of all that, like you said, the changes that we saw this, this off season, people want <laughs> even though it gets ratings people don't want to see great teams like people hated the golden state warriors people hated the the patriots as long as you know people hated the patriots it's you want to see it, it is intriguing and i i am interested to see you know that all the how important just tyron matthew was i and and, I, and we both agree i think i like to think that he was incredibly important but I think we're definitely going to see that this year. Again, I didn't mean to cut you off, man. No, cut cut me off. I am just I am just here to host, and you're here to talk. So you're the one coming on my show. You're the you're hopefully the reason I am trying to get my views up is by my bringing you on. Um, But I think is it Daniel Sorensen? I think Daniel Sorensen is the is the other safety, right? Oh my gosh, if you want to call him that, but yes. Because honestly, that man is Mr. Exposed all over the football field. So I don't understand how I know you like how they're going to fulfill Tyron Matthews void. It's really intriguing to me. And I can't. So I don't want to pencil them in yet. Mm -hmm. But like, I actually I can't not put them in the list of contenders, but I actually don't even have them winning the division. So I I. I, we'll get to who I'm going to pick further on because I don't want to end the yeah. show too early, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Got you. Um, yeah. Do you have them winning the division, though? Yes. I do. Yes. And that's that's only, a very skeptical yes right there. Yeah, the only reason is because I haven't seen the other teams in their current forms. Right. Like, 
yes, Devonta Adams is a huge acquisition, but every team still has a, a huge question mark that I need to see. Uh, and of course, we'll talk about it moving forward. But until I see somebody in this division dethrone the Chiefs, I will continue to pick the Chiefs because they continue to have Patrick Mahomes. They continue to have Andy Reid. They continue to have Travis Kelsey. They have one of, if not the best home court advantage or home field advantage in Arrowhead. I, until I see them lose or until I see somebody or, you know, so other teams like the Chargers can just go just go crazy in the regular season. I am not going to I can't just dethrone them until I see someone do it. And that's the only, that's why I'm still skeptical. Yes, there's still again, the defense is, is going to especially in a division where they're going to be passing galore when you have Justin, Justin, uh, Justin Herbert. Derek Carr and now Russell Wilson it's just passing upon passing but <laughs> until I see them lose this in this division I'm gonna have to choose the Chiefs but it's definitely uh, skeptical let's say that I I think the division is gonna be absolute fireworks it's yeah. gonna be I don't think it's really close that they're now the clear best division in football yeah. I think you would agree with that statement mm -hmm. we'll talk about this later on how many teams you're, you think you're going out of this division might get in but i think they're just going to beat each other up i really do yeah i do too i i think it i think that's going to hurt them and then but like there's so many quality teams which is going to kind of transition us into the team that many are even writing off probably as the team that is the fourth best and they were the other team that made the playoffs last year. And that is the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of slipped that in already with how they've already made probably the acquisition arguably of the season, getting Devonte Adams, his old college roommate and teammate at Fresno state for Derek Carr. Yeah. And then the other component you bring in Josh McDaniels after the entire fiasco with John Gruden and everything else, bringing in, I think, another component, Chandler Jones from the Cardinals to pair up with Max Crosby on the other end for defensively. Mm -hmm. This, they're bringing in a, some solid parts, but the issue with Vegas has always been consistency. And like you said, they're a very unknown commodity. Yeah. With how production's going to work. You have Adams, you have Waller, who's who's injury prone, Josh Jacobs, injury prone. Yeah. So you have these, you have these electrifying pieces, but they can't stay on the field. And then defensively, like most of the team and seems in the AFC West, they give up a lot they of points and a lot of, of yards. Yeah. What, where's Vegas here? Because this is a team I can see be six and 11, but yeah. also 11 and six, but you could also make that argument for, probably three or four of the, or all of these teams in this division. Well, I, one thing that I would say about the Raiders is in, in, in this division as a whole is a lot of people say this is a quarterback driven league, which it is. Right. I think that we're going to see that most in this division, which is another reason why I can't erase the chiefs yet, but I think the Raiders are the clear cut worst team in this division, but that's not saying they're bad. Yes, they made a, a bunch of, well, they made the ac the acquisitions, acquisition splash in getting Devontae Adams, but 
the two things that plagued them last year didn't get drastically better. And that was their offensive line. In fact, reports are coming out saying Alex Leatherwood has been worse than he was last year, this, this year and their defense. Yeah. You have Abrams, but your defense their like you said, their defense gave up a lot of points. Um, and this division is just getting better. Like, and that's no offense to Derek Carr, but I also think Derek Carr is the fourth worst quarterback in this division. When we talk about Russell Wilson, when we talk about Justin Herbert, when we talk about Patrick Mahomes, I think that the one thing that the Raiders have over everybody else is they have the wide receiver. And they, well, I, I say their wide receiver core may be the best as far as Hunter, Hunter Renfro. You can consider Darren Waller when healthy and Devontae Adams. But again, the things that plagued them a year ago, which is why they, they, only squeaked into the playoffs was their offensive line and their defense. And that did not get better this off season. Yeah. They had some pieces on the defensive side, but no one that can really spread the needle or, you know, change the needle. So I think that I do think the John Gruden component was huge and the distraction and, and all the noise. So I think they will be better in that aspect, but and it's more saying the wet, the AFC West is going to be better. I don't, it's hard for me to think that they can leapfrog anybody in this division just because their weakest points are other teams' strongest points that they can, they can exploit. Uh, so I think that the Raiders are going to be the clear cut worst team, but that's not saying they'll be trash. I'm just saying out of all the teams, they're just not going to be the best at the AFC West in my opinion. And I concur with with what you're saying. I think I have them around – I have them at eight wins right now. Mm-hmm. So just just on the outside looking in, and I think it's, I think it's just uh, the issue, like you said, is the division itself and mm-hmm. how stacked the AFC really is, right? If we actually do a full look at the AFC, AFC right now. Yeah, Buffalo, Kansas City, and – you could all make the argument that all four teams in the West, right, are playoff contenders. So you have four mm-hmm. there, and you have Buffalo. That's five, and then you go easily. You could make the argument of Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. There's there's your seven, right? You and then you still got Tennessee. And then you, you got Tennessee, got... the Colts. There's the nine. Dolphins. And then you yeah. got. You can make the argument about the Patriots or the Dolphins, another team out of the AFCs. There's mm-hmm. 10 or 11 teams just based off of how deep yeah. the AFC really is in comparison to the NFC, right? Yes. And it's not even a fair argument that one could say the NFC is better than the AFC. Yeah, that they would. It's just no, they're just lying to themselves. They're tripping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what I like. Pretty much. But um, when it comes to Vegas, my biggest component is how will Josh McDaniels take advantage of this second opportunity, right? Yeah. I it's a hundred percent he was warranted another shot. Mm-hmm. And I said this on another show the the other day. It was like you had Tim Tebow at quarterback. Like yeah. you were you kind of were already struggling from the get-go. Pretty much when, when it was I think the I think the other guy was it Kyle Orton? It was something like that, something ridiculous. Like, 
And Kyle Orton, no offense to you, but this is probably the only time you've been talked about in a long time. Um, is being talked about when the Denver Broncos quarterback situation with McDaniels at the helm. So how are we going to see McDaniels take advantage of the opportunity? I think, like you said, it's going to be a lot better than what it was because whatever could go wrong went wrong for the Vegas, just off the field, on the field, everything. And somehow they held it. Derek Carr was a mastermind of keeping that team as a unit. And he showed his true leadership components and warranted why everything has unfolded and why he's now that the face. But Jalen, this has been coming up in recent days that John Gruden kind of dropped the ball with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. What I don't think it's going to affect the Raiders at all. Maybe just be some noise. Where do you see this story unfolding with them as a, as a team? Before I answer that question, man, I do want to shout out. Well, I do want to shine light on something. No offense to anything that you just said. I will definitely get to that. How you said that Josh McDaniels, you know, deserved a second, shot because you know who what he had um also yet, based off of his performance in new england definitely yet there's other coaches that have yet to get their second opportunity and did better with less i'll just i'll just leave it at that but um to answer your question i agree, I agree with that statement to, I answer your, to answer your question i don't think so i think it's just it's just another example of how bad John Gruden was at his job as, and not because of he was bad at his job, but he was bad at being a people's person and he was bad at seeing, okay, he didn't want to relinquish control. Uh, I don't think that it's going to do anything. I mean, if it was, they wanted them last season and it didn't happen this season. If it was from this off season to this season, it definitely, I think it would, probably be something but it's old news we all know what happened i mean they tom brady and i will say this i do think that if tom brady would have chose the oakland raiders or no the vegas raiders i apologize <laughs> he would not have won a super bowl uh and I, I, I also think that he probably would have been retired for a little longer than 40 days <laughs> if he would have chose the grand well, look at the offensive line they got there was no way yeah. that he would he looks at he looks at Alex Leatherwood and said, "Hey, we got to take another trip right before the season, you know, be away from the team again." But I don't I don't think I think the biggest hurdle that they're going to have to get over is is this is yet another 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 court i'm look. i look at this situation kind of like how we and i think we talked about it on our podcast or my podcast for a brief second how we look at seattle not saying they're going to be that bad but russell wilson overcame or you oh, russell wilson put a blanket over a lot of issues correct and while i do think that Derek carr is good i don't think he's as good as russell wilson as best we're going to have Derek Carr is going to have to put out a lot of fires. He's going to have to put a blanket over that offensive line. He's going to have to, the offense is going to have to be so prolific because the defense is so shaky. That is the biggest thing. Nobody cares about, I mean, Tom Brady just reported back to camp and we have what a week and a half before the regular season starts. So 
I, I don't think it really matters to them. The, 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 the thing that matters the most is one, how is Josh McDaniels going to gel all this offensive pieces? What's Darren Waller looking like? How are they going to incorporate? How, how are they going to balance the run to pass? Because if you remember, Josh McDaniels never, they never really had a number one receiver outside of the one year that had Randy Maul. I mean, yeah. And I don't even think yeah. he was there. Maybe he was, I'm not sure, but how are they going to incorporate that with Josh Jacobs with this line being how it is? So I think they have, a bunch of problems they have to figure out more than damn we lost Tom Brady you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I agree I think it's just some noise to create because it is Tom Brady right yeah. and Dana White released the story because I felt it was UFC's big night and yeah. he wanted some extra publicity to surround the UFC mm-hmm. and he just he was like no Usman's gone uh, Usman ended up losing anyway when everyone thought it was going to be a layup of a fight Definitely. And but like it was just something to create some noise around the UFC. I don't think it's yeah. going to be anything that uh, Carr, the Raiders, really going to be like you said. They've got way bigger issues to try and figure out than oh, what if with Tom Brady. I do have a question. Um, now I don't need to hear the whole list, but do you think Derek Carr is a top ten quarterback? That's been a question that's been spreading. Yeah, I have him right on the outside. Gotcha. I have him like at eleven, twelve. I got him. 11, 12, 13, you can make that argument there. Okay. I've got him just on the outside. You, do you have him in the top 10? I He maybe. teeters, man. He teeters. he teeters. To me, the two that teeter the most is If Dak you're going Prescott. based off of last year, yeah, he was a top yeah. 10 quarterback. Yeah. But, like, the consistency isn't there. He's had, he's had probably, you can make the argument, two or three years that you can say definite top yeah. 10. And then you're yeah. like, ah. Yeah, so I, I think – the, the the two that I teeter between is Dak Prescott and him. Uh, I, I think it's a seesaw, and I and I agree with you. I I need to see more. Last year, if we're just going off last year, of course he is. I mean, yeah. he got that team to the playoffs, but I don't know. It, it's I think he's one of the hardest people to grade because it's kind of like how much is it him compared to just what he has around him, you know? Yeah, and I that's warranted, and also he's had couple of years where he hasn't played the whole year too so right yeah. durability stuff i think it's gonna be fascinating if mm-hmm. him and adams are actually going to instantly gel again like they were in college because they were electric to watch if you yeah. ever watched any of that fresno state tape like it was they were <laughs> lethal yeah hey man when you go from a hall of famer to a hall of famer apparently things are going to explode if you <laughs> listen to Devonte adams exactly all right let's jump to the next squad Mm-hmm. That is the team that pretty much botched their way into the, of making the postseason. Yeah. And that is the team that decides to make moves, moves, and more moves. And it was probably forced because the team that is in the same stadium as them just won the Super Bowl. And that is the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. They made some acquisitions galore. And I think they have showcased that they are in a Win now state with Justin Herbert. I've quote him as that dude. And I, you can make the argument, in my opinion, that he's my front runner for MVP just based off of everything around him. You bring in Khalil Mack, you bring in JC Jackson, you bring in Kyle Van Noy to sure, try and shore up that defense and showcase some winning with that New England mentality, right? And then you have Austin Eckler in the backflip. And if you guys haven't, I've interviewed him. Go check out that episode if you guys hadn't already. 
mm. one of the coolest interviews I've ever done. One of the greatest people does great work on and off the field. And then just Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Yeah. Um, they just have weapons all over the field for Herbert to exploit. And they are my team that is dethroning the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Brand. the real question is, for me, is Brandon Staley. Mm-hmm. Are you going to still be Mr. Fourth down, I'm going for it. Fourth, fourth down, down on my own 20-yard line. Fourth and one, I'm going for it. Mr. Gambler himself. Oh, I'm going to call timeout yeah. when, the, when the game is going to be a tie and not, we're both getting in. It's like so many rookie mistakes as a head coach. Yeah. That probably took away their actual chances of being in the postseason by con- honestly a comfortable margin if you go through some of their losses, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just some of that decision making. They're my question mark. I think Brandon Staley has hopefully figures that out in year two, mm-hmm. and they're the team I have winning the division. Talk to me about the Chargers. Am I crazy? on that statement uh i wouldn't say that you're crazy i will say that there's a i think there's a lot more question marks than just brandon staley i think brandon staley is the neon light question mark like shines bright over everything the mr obvious like obvious (laughs) but i have a lot of question marks about some of the new acquisitions i mean we just heard jc jackson uh is got injured in practice so see what that happens Khalil Mack, the last time we saw Khalil Mack, he didn't look that good. Was that more because of the Chicago team that he was around, or was that more he, you know, the injuries are catching up and he's going a little slower? Same as Kyle Van Noy, he's getting a little up there in age. Same there, well, as far as injuries and and same thing as uh, Joey Bosa. Uh, I do like that they pretty much secured Duran Duran James. I think I will say this. And I do agree with you as a sense of if there is a team in this division to dethrone the Chiefs, it will be the Chargers. Because if all those question marks are answered, like the like answers as far as, yeah, those are positives for this team, then this team, in my in my opinion, is the clear-cut best team in the AFC West. If we we see a resurgence from Khalil Mack, if JC the injury is not the I will say this though. Also, I, I do think that this arguably is the best unit as far as offensive on paper on, on paper, paper you have uh slater at the on on the line of course like you said austin eckler williams you have uh keenan allen of course josh josh or justin herbert i think we're gonna need to see a a, a, a an a jump from Justin Herbert, not saying he can't do it because I think there was a lot of inconsistent games last year. Like he'll look incredible against someone like the Cowboys, even though they did ultimately lose, he looked incredible against the Cowboys. Then you come and you look God awful against the Ravens. Um, so I think there needs to be a little more consistency there, but if everything works out and if, like I said, the game's not played on paper, but on paper, this is the best unit in this division by far. I think that I'll go a step further. If everything works out the way it's supposed to work out, I can see this team in the AFC championship battling it out with the bills. Um, Cause I think that this is the most complete team outside of the bills in the whole AFC. Um, 
so I, that is if everything works out. But I do agree with you. If there was a team that I'm nervous about as far as dethroning the Chiefs right now because of all the moves they made, it would be the Chargers. Right. And then for I, I, I agree with that statement, with, especially when it comes to challenging the Bills. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you and I kind of agree on this, that the Bills are kind of pretty far ahead of everybody else. Would you, yeah. would you agree with that? Yeah, they have, they have two of everything outside of quarterback. They have two of everything. And yeah. when, when, you're, when you're two, two off or tight end, let's just say tight ends is Dawson Knox and OJ Howard. Like, okay, now, like, that's just a, a and then you just get James Cook from, from the, uh, the draft. draft. It's, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough. They got a lot of, and it's not just offensively, too. They oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. much depth everywhere. Fire. It's, it's, yeah. they, they have almost ins- tried to ensure that the coin flip will never be a problem again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, I want to go coming back to the chargers here. I really do think that the question mark is whether or not they can gel. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the component that you're trying to highlight for Herbert. I, the biggest question for me is the noise is now on you, right? Mm-hmm. You, everyone, I think, is unanimously behind that you were the correct pick over Tua, which was the major question mark mm-hmm. coming out of that draft. But where are you now going to you're you are now facing the music. You are yeah. now that dude in so many people's eyes. Like people make that have already have him in that conversation as a top five quarterback right now. Yeah. And so how do you respond? That's going to be my biggest. Will he rise to the challenge? Which I think he will because he's got too much help everywhere not mm-hmm. to to lay. If laying, I'd be more. I'd be shocked honestly if he lays an egg this season. I that would, would be mind blowing to me. Like there's just too much around him to be yeah. able to, for him to fail. So I think I do have the Chargers. I think Der, the Derwin James locking him up was critical. Because mm-hmm. he's their quarterback on defense, and without him, I feel like he cut co- like like Tyron Matthew with Kansas City. He covers up a lot of their a holes. A lot of holes, yeah. He especially with they brought in Troy Reader, who's more of a run stopper to help with that run defense. But that man gets exposed in that oh in, in past defense. The man, the man's Jamal usually Adams. on his as soon as someone hits a cut. So Jamal like, Adams two point oh man, Jamal Adams two point oh. Yeah. So he is, he's going to be, it's really intriguing to see how he's going to fit in this year. I think he's going to be a lot, like you said, Jamal Adams-esque, playing yeah. more of a rover role, um, so mm. to speak. And th- so for the Chargers, where where do you go from now? Like now you you guys officially blew it last year, right? Yeah. I don't think you could sit, the Raiders didn't win it. You guys mm. folded yes. in that last game. How are you going to respond? I think the chip on the shoulder is there for this squad. And I think the extra fuel to the fire has been proven with this offseason because the Raiders got in and the Rams won at home when the Chargers wanted to be in that conversation. Instead, they were the ones sitting at home watching their crosstown rival take home the Lombardi Trophy. I will say this. Um, 
I think if you look at the league today, it's more it more mimics the NBA than ever. Because if you look at most NBA teams, the teams that win it are the ones that go for it. And look at the, just look at the NFL, you know, the teams that don't go for it, the teams like we're looking at Green Bay at this point. Yes, you have Aaron Rodgers, but you we don't expect you to be a, a championship team right now because you, you keep staying pat. Look at the look at the um, Bears. Look at the commanders. Just just look at teams that are used to being slow footed compared to the teams that are going for it and, and how they look as far as the Rams. They just won the Super Bowl. Um, the cheat. I mean, the the Chargers, the Bills. I think that teams that we're understanding. We look at your franchise differently if you win a championship. And even if you win one, I mean, the Eagles have won. And now people still talk about them as like a, a great team as far as lineage wise, even though they only have one. And it's, I just think it's interesting to see the teams that are actually going for it. I think we're going to look up and, and, and see at the end that they're the ones that are still standing. Hell, I don't, I talked about it on my podcast. I don't see a lot of people in the, in the NFC better than the Rams still. It's, it's just interesting to see, man. And, and I'm excited. And because of that, I am excited to see what these charges are going to be because they can be epic. This, they can be arguably the best team in the league, or they can be a, a lot of question marks that don't get answered. I mean, we talk about, we talk about what happened with the Rams. Well, what happens if Von Miller doesn't click? What happens if, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't click? You know, we don't talk about that. And that could happen. I don't see it happening for these Chargers, but that could happen. Yeah, just all of the unknowns, right, yeah. of trying to bring in new pieces and see if they gel and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, you raise a great point with teams going all in. So I want to throw this question back at you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's more of an organization dynamic of ownership, just not wanting to pull the trigger money-wise? Is that more front office? Is it a little bit of everything? How do you see that as, as a component of why teams that are successful are the ones that are going all in? Like even the Bengals, for an example, right? They're building, they're not going all in per se, but they're building internally through the draft and going all in with offensive weapons that way. That was how they did it these last couple of years. What do you see in that regard? I think it's an amalgamation of a couple of things. I think there's a lot of owners that still want to be cheap. Uh, And also, and I talked about this when I, when we talked about, the, I talked about the bears on my team, on my podcast team. There's some teams that are so stuck in the past that they're not willing to change. It's, and you are kind of seeing it with the, with the Steelers as well. Think about this. The Steelers, what are they good at? They're good at defense. They've been, they've been good at defense this like ever since, you know, ever since they've been the Steelers, they've been good at defense. What are the Steelers good at right now? Defense. What are the question marks with the Steelers? It's, it's been their offensive line for God knows how long at this point. They, they, they were four years too late with, with um, Big Ben as far as finding a replacement. It's, I, I, and we still talk about the Steelers as, as still a, grade a franchise which you know i'm not bashing the steelers but nobody thinks the steelers are going to win a super bowl nobody thinks the steelers are even close 
Yeah, we know that their defense is there, but what what else? It's just, I think a lot of teams are so stuck in the past that they think that they're just going to keep duplicating what the past did for them, which was successful, i.e. the Cowboys, the Bears, the Steelers, the, the, the Giants, and it doesn't work. And I also think that the way that the league is going, it, I'm, it's almost a disservice to have a defensive-minded head coach. Almost not saying that they can't succeed because look at, look at the past few Super Bowls and look who's won the Super Bowls. Look who's been in the Super Bowls. We talk about Sean McVay. We talk about Kyle Shanahan. We talk about Andy Reid. Hell, um, Art, Art, uh, the, the, the Tampa Bay coach. It's or former, left, which Bruce, Arians. Bruce Arians. So it's all these are offensive minded coaches. And I just, I just feel a lot of teams do not go in the way that the league is going. They, they, they're too slow to hell. We just talk about the, I, I we think the, the Bengals could be the best offense in the league. And it's, it just, Taylor, yeah. yeah, I just think wow. that I think that a lot of, some of it is money. Some of it, they just don't like to spend the money. I also think some of it is they're just behind in the times and they don't see the writing on the wall that this is a offensive league. Hell, if you, and I can bring it to my side, the NBA, you can't, you can't win when all you do is shoot mid range at this point. That's just not happening. You can't, it, as you're seeing back in 1980 and 1990s, you can win building around the center. That doesn't work anymore. Right. For the league, yeah, you used to be able to have a dominant defense and have it. Hell, look at look at the Ravens, the two oh uh, two thousand Ravens. They had Trent Dilford win a championship. They also had the great, arguably the greatest defense ever. That doesn't happen today. That can't happen today. The Legion of Boom. That's not happening today. And I think people are people are too slow to react to that. And once they want to react, it's this moved on. Now you look up and your to the commanders you know so and if yeah. everyone doesn't know he, he's all he's a fellow commander unfortunately man unfortunately, unfortunately. we both are in yeah we struggle together so <laughs> but i loved the point with the nba mm-hmm. especially with how today in the nfl quarterback driven league right it's not defensive oriented like how you said like with the center in the nba mm-hmm. guard driven league the nba yeah need that need that combo guard that knows how to facilitate and score needs the yeah. quarterback that needs to be able to make quick decisions and have a accurate arm. I think, I think the NBA and NFL trend or correlate more than people actually realize in today's, especially in today's game. Right. Mm-hmm. And like how, and even just like the evolution of, of how the game has gotten less and less, physical and it's become more and more yeah. finesse of a, mm-hmm. of a game too i think you can align those values there too definitely all right let's go to our final squad and they could you can make the argument there they made the splash among splashes and we've kind of talked about it and that comes down to russell wilson mm-hmm. traded from seattle to denver because denver believes they were only a quarterback away Yes. What do they go for? They trade the house to go get Russell Wilson to pair up with the rest of these guys. Tim Patrick, though, already out for the year to help them yeah, out. Dante Williams, Melvin Gordon, they have two solid running backs. 
Yeah. And you also have KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy on the outside. It's going to be really intriguing to see. And like you said, Russell Wilson is one who covers up a lot of holes like he did in Seattle. Mm. Can he do the same in Denver? He's got better. I, I think he's got better pieces than he did in Seattle, but there's already some writings on the wall that holes are, are starting to form with the Broncos. And yeah. with Denver, it's always been their defense has been their calling card. Will their offense be the calling card this year to Russell Wilson to help them make the postseason? Uh, I will give a hot take before I give my, my right. analysis of it. I Lay think R- Russell Wilson is my MVP. Uh, if wow, every, that is if, a hot take. If everything works out the way it's supposed to work out, because that's what that's what we've been saying. And you even said it. We've been saying for the longest, this Denver Broncos team is a Super Bowl caliber team. They if they had a quarterback, well, they have that. Um, yeah, losing or who they lost is tough. But when you still have those pieces, you still have Williams, you still have Judy. You still have Hamley. You still have good pieces. Melvin Gordon, who can catch the ball. He just fumbles the ball too much. Right. You still have pieces. And, of course, on the defense, you have Chubb. You have uh, Sertan. Gregory as well. Gregory. Again, we've been talking about, for, for, and you even said it again, for years we've been saying if this team had a, had a quarterback, it'd be different. Well, they have that. And, and we know how good he was in Seattle. Now you have help. You have a better offensive line. You have arguably better uh, weapons on, you know, as far as wide receivers. You have a better running game. And you have a, a good coach. So I think, I think there are holes. Let, let's not, let's not, there are holes. And those, there are some holes that you don't know if they can be filled. Offensive um, line has been Russell that offensive line. issue his entire career. He can't exactly. get an offensive line. Exactly. So that is that is a huge hole. I don't think it's the worst offensive line. I'm looking at you, Vegas, in the division. But I do think it is. It, there's there are some holes there, especially when we talk about right tackle. Um, but again, if everything works out, and of course, there's a lot of ifs in this division at this point, seeing as though it's moved a lot and it's changed a lot. If things go the way it's supposed to go. I have Russell. I, I mean, he has the narrative. He's never even received the MVP vote. He has the new team. And, and of course you can look at what happened last year compared to this year. Hell, we remember the, the, the let Russ cook campaign was off to a roaring start until he got hurt. And then the offensive line just deteriorated. And I think he came back sooner than he should have. And then it just didn't look good, but you know, I, I if everything works out the way it's supposed to work out, and he's as good as I think he's he is, and he's been, and and he he gets them to the hell. Imagine if the Broncos win this division, Russell Wilson for sure. I don't oh. happen for sure is Without my question. MVP. Without question. So that's there's 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 a lot of question marks for this team, especially the biggest one is there. Um, is their offensive line, and also is uh is Nathaniel Hackett is he is he a good coach that that's still yet to be seen. Um, Green Bay Packer tree and it kind Green of Bay Packer unknowns because you have arguably one of the most talented quarterbacks ever. Exactly to cover up those masking some of those things. 
So I think um, I think there's again, and I've said, I feel like a broken record. There's a lot of question marks, but we just have to see going into the season, you know. Yeah, I think for Denver, it's gonna be how Russell will translate and gel with these guys, right? With Nathaniel yeah. Hackett's offense, how the style is gonna be a little bit different. I think he'll be able to pick that up. It's just gonna be able to get with the consistency, like offensively speaking you got Cortland Sutton I've totally forgot to mention his name as their number one Sutton Judy Hamlet three wide receivers there that are absolute burners yeah and then you have like you said the two backs and Gordon and Williams Williams is more of a uh, all-around back while Gordon's more of a ground and pound type player yeah and then defensively that hasn't really dropped off. They didn't really lose many of their guys other than Miller, but they traded him away last year already, and they were still being consistently dominant defensively. Mm-hmm. So for I think for Denver, I have them in. They're, I have them in as one of the one or the six or seven seed in, out of their wild card. Got them about around 10 wins. Because mm-hmm. I think from last year, they were seven and 10. And yeah. they had no answers at quarterback, right? At so Russell Williams, Russell Wilson there already gets you three wins minimum, I think. So that gets you to 10. And that yeah. should put you into the postseason. Mm-hmm. But I agree with the AFC so deep, you can make a valid argument for about six or seven teams that they're gonna be yeah, be gone. I think everyone kind of assumes Buffalo is one of the teams that'll be there. For but sure. then they, they don't know who Buffalo is going to be playing. I think that's where, where yeah. that's at with all of the, like how you said, question marks is, I think, a huge part of what the AFC is going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. Other than Buffalo. So yes. many unknowns. There's so many content teams that can challenge and pose a threat. But that's all if everything clicks. And that's with how the NFL functions. It's how mm-hmm. every, how, who's going to gel the best, who's going to make the right decisions. And with Nathaniel Hackett, like, come on, dude. Like, you took this job. You're an offensive-minded head coach. It's going to be – Vic Fangio was a total bust. He also yeah. didn't have much help, mm-hmm. offensively speaking. But Denver really needed an offensive mind, so I think they got that right. Yeah. I think it was the right guy. I don't I don't know. We don't know. That's, that's the question. That's, that's the overlying question because, like how we just mentioned, Aaron Rodgers – We'll cover up your your mistakes. Your mistakes, yeah. Regardless if it's a scheme fit or not, Aaron will make the correct play. He'll fit it into a window that's not really there because exactly. of his greatness. And you know Russell Wilson is in that echelon of greatness. So will he be able to cover up and understand how Hackett's offense wants to work and gel? To me, I think it's, yeah, go ahead. I didn't mean to me, to me, you really see you can really tell if you have a good coach or not even with a great player by how they end games and how they start quarters and as we've seen plays right yeah and as we've seen the 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 green bay packers in biggest moments fold even with aaron Rodgers. so that's why i have us even offensively and we know how great aaron Rodgers and Devontae adams is right i just i'm again goes back to the whole question mark thing is nathaniel hackett is he it was it more okay we had aaron Rodgers, and now yes you have you have um 
Russell Wilson, who is one of the best quarter, quarterbacks in the league, or I feel like, especially with a new team, uh, a new offensive scheme, a new, a new, a lot of new pieces, coaching is going to matter a lot for this team, especially starting off. So we're going to, we're going to get to know a lot about Nathaniel Hackett these in the first few games. Not to mention, they have a very tough, you know, opening, opening schedule, I believe. So it's, we're going to learn a lot about this guy and this team as a whole in the first few weeks. Without question. And then with Denver, they're without the offensive line is probably their biggest question, which, which, but also they let their linebacking crew is going to be yeah. relatively new. Exactly. It'd be really interesting if they can stop the run or mm-hmm. and if they can cover running backs and tight ends. That'll be, and who, who, all three teams have solid pass catching running backs and solid tight ends. Not just solid tight ends. They have arguably top five tight ends. Two great tight ends. Two great great tight ends. So we're going to learn about this team quickly. Right. And And Jared Cook's no slouch, and he's the third best tight end. Exactly. So it's just, we're going to learn a lot about this team, man. We really are. Absolutely. All right, Jalen, before I let you go, my last question is, we, I think AFC West, best division. How far, so it's going to be a two-parter. How far ahead are they of everyone, all the rest of divisions? One. Second part, how many of them are going to get into the postseason? I had three. Vegas is the only team that's going to be on the outside looking in. Far ahead. Um, See, <laughs> it's a it's a very hypothetical question based yeah, on yeah. perspective. So, I think they are far and far ahead only because of the last team. The last team is a good team, right? Because I, I I think I had you come on when we talk about the NFC West. Yeah, and you can make the argument. You, you got to make the argument. Seattle against Vegas, and Vegas is cons- way better than considerably better. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I don't. It's it's kind of it's kind of a gap, especially with the moves that were made this year. Especially when we look look at two team, one team that didn't make the playoffs, and well, two teams didn't make the playoffs and this are arguably the best teams in this division. And then you have, you know, the Raiders. They made moves, and of course, you still have the Chiefs. Um, I think I think they're the clear cut, uh, the best division in football, uh, and. I'm going to say it's not close, but it's close. It's kind of in the middle just because we still don't know about Trey Lance and, and what the 49ers are going to be. That, that team is still good. Of course, when we, you came on, we talked about all the red flags that were the Cardinals. And of course you still have the reigning champions and the Rams, but the Seahawks are just God awful. Um, So this is the best division by far. And I went on a limb and saying all four teams, are wow. going to make you think are all make, four are going to figure out how to get away? It's just, but that's interesting because oh, that means you have the Bengals or the Ravens out. That's the thing. That is the thing. I am not as high on the Bengals as a lot of people. Okay. Just because they squeaked into the playoffs last year, one. Now, yes, they they made a great one, but a lot of their games were close and. Their defense, while yes, you have Bates, their defense isn't that good. Um, 
Now, it's just are the Bengals better than the Raiders? And I believe so because I, I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna say three all for right, sure. All right, all right. I'm gonna say three for sure. Um, because I do want to see what happens with the Bengals. I also want to see what happens with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Um, and it's I'm st- really intriguing if he if he if, if he plays without his money. I think exactly. And I and again, when I saw that report that Alex Leatherwood has gotten worse, I was just like, okay, now like, and he was already one of the worst draft picks in his class, especially where he got drafted. He was a reach because, you know, we all, you know, how much John Gruden likes to reach for things. Um, looking at you, Colin Farrell. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, there's just, this team has the most question marks. And yeah. even if those answers are, are answered, like even if, even if they're good, I still don't try. I don't know. You still, to me, have the worst quarterback in the division. And you still, like you said, this division is going to beat itself up. That's just how good it is. So, and I don't, I don't see the, the Raiders just scorching earth outside the division. So I think I'm going to be with you. I think I'm going to go with you. I originally said all four teams, but listening to you and actually talking it through and, you know, <laughs> have my ther- NFL therapy session, I think it's going to be three. I have three. Yeah, so I think that's the hardest argument, right, is it's not the AFC. Like, honestly, I totally forgot about this AFC South teams, right, of Tennessee <laughs> and Indy. Like, yeah, I how, how far and can – I like how I have it. I've got Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, right? Mm. And I think you might have it. You said you got the Chiefs in front. You might probably, I'm assuming you're flipping Chiefs and Chargers. Yeah, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Right. So there, then you're trying to figure out. Then you're looking because the AFC is so loaded. Yeah. You're looking at the two AFC South squads, Tennessee or Indianapolis. Which one will one of them get in? I actually have one of that. I only have one of them. I have the Colts. I, I have the Colts. I, have, I only have the Colts getting in. I have the Titans yeah, out. I have the Titans out. I think so- Malik Willis is going to end up playing football this year because Tannehill is not going to be. Yeah. I think Tannehill is going to be a nightmare this year. And then if you look at it, Baltimore and Cincinnati, right? There's going to be Baltimore is going to win the division because I yeah. think Lamar is just going to Lamar. If Lamar is going to stay healthy, that's the yeah. biggest issue. If Lamar stays on the field, they would have won the division last year. Exactly. They they were leading the AFC, the entire AFC when right. he was playing. Because of, and oh. he was just winning them games like exactly the slogan "Let Russ Cook." It was basically Lamar help and us everyone else. It was Lamar against everyone. Win it for us, please. That's what it was. So I'm looking at as so that every year there's teams is not going to make it, and I'm right. looking at teams that made it last year. I'm looking at you, Steelers, Tennessee, uh, the rate the the Patriots. And yeah, so there's three teams right there. There's three teams exactly. right there. So it's just okay. So who is going to take those spots? Like I said, the Ravens didn't make it, um, and they got better. Of course, the whole AFC West we're talking about. The Colts got better. They were a game away. We still don't know what's going to happen with. Um, I don't want to. I don't think a lot of people want to be attached to this team right now. But watch out for the for the Browns. Um, 
it's just a, this, 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 if a team, there's going to be a lot of teams that are extremely good that don't make the playoffs in this oh, in yeah. the AFC West. And the I think that's going to be loaded for the next couple of years to come. And I think that's going to be crazy. Like, like imagine a, a, a world where a 10 win team doesn't make the playoffs. It's almost like that one. What year was it? It's got to be. I think it's that Matt Castle year. Mm. That Matt Castle year when the Patriots still went like ten and six and they didn't get in. They right? didn't get in. Yeah. And that, but that was also probably they had less teams. They're adding another playoff spot, and yet they're still still going to yeah. have like th- three or four teams over five hundred that are going to be on the outside looking in this year. And just and you you look over to the NFC. NFC and he's just like who have the commanders at under 500 getting in. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Division baby. So exactly. It's going to be it's going to be a gauntlet, man, and it's 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 I'm very intrigued and very interested. This is the first year in a while that I'm extremely pumped for this season cuz I don't there's not a clear I mean there's a, a clear cut favorite in my opinion. I think a lot of people's opinion is the Bills. I've but got Bills is my clear favorite as well. The, the the question still is, can the Bills uh, exercise their demons? Because they have one of them, and that is that team that resides in Arrowhead. So, and then it's 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 just I'm in, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this this season, man. Oh, NFL is gonna be must watch without question. Yeah. Jalen, I want to thank you so much to hey. for coming on the show, my man. I appreciate it. Um, where can we catch your contact for my audience and tell them what's up going on next? Well, uh, again, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I, I watch the, the final whistle regularly. So I definitely know about that. Austin. I, that's the first thing I saw. I'm like, was that Austin Eckler? That can't be Austin. Yeah, Eckler. man. I, I was like, I, Oh, my man is famous. famous. Oh, I, I, that was <laughs> all right. So I'll give you some context on that story. Mm-hmm. So I have, was just reaching out. I went through his agent, right? Mm-hmm. just went through it hadn't heard for like months yeah. and I, I was like all right that's washed whatever it's just i sh- took my shot and whatever yeah. he shoots me an email the agent probably like tw- that thursday night before mm-hmm. he goes austin's got 20 minutes friday morning at 9 a.m you in mm-hmm. or you out i you said go. sign me up I t- told my boss, I'm taking my lunch break at 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do. You can't pass up that, man. That's what's up, man. No, yeah, I watched that like, yo, this is this is this is pure gold, man. But I do appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, my episodes drop every Wednesday and Saturday uh, on YouTube and all DSPs. The DSPs they drop at midnight. YouTube it premieres 9 a.m. every again Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, that is the unpopular podcast. Uh, I'm the one with the orange or red, however, however tough you squint your eyes, orange or red headphones. Um, you can underscore the unpopular pod on on YouTube. I mean, on Instagram. I'm very active. Shouts out to all my followers. Um, yeah, man, that's that's where you can find me every Wednesday and Saturday. New episode. And I, I again, I appreciate you having me, man. It's, it's definitely an honor. No, absolutely, man. The honor was all mine. Please go follow, go subscribe, go check out Jalen and the Unpopular Podcast. They do great work over there. And again, like he just said, Wednesdays and Saturdays, always be on the lookout for a new episode. And you know, 
who I am. I'm the host of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast, Blaine Spencer. Remember, we got two more left. We've got the AFC North and we've got the AFC South. Be on the lookout. There's two final episodes. Also, we got a major announcement potentially in the works. Be on the lookout for that. Oh, and man. with college football around the corner, that starts this weekend. College football contests can be coming out as well because sorry, NFL, college football is my favorite sport. And that's going to be rolling through with that. Oh, let me ask, can I ask you before you go, like how you feel about I just there was a report that Oregon's looking like going to the pet uh Big Ten. So that was, that's inevitable. That was honestly inevitable. Um, with US, especially with USC and UCLA making that move a month yeah. or two ago now. And Oregon was kind of the team that was potentially next out of the Pac-12 because outside of those, honestly, I wouldn't I, Sorry, UCLA, you're not even really considered football-wise to be considered in this conversation. But it was Oregon and USC were those two that I thought would make the move. Mm -hmm. UCLA ended up making that move before Oregon. Not surprised whatsoever. It's got the college football is going to two super conferences. That's what I was about to ask. So, so uh, it's going to be a Big Ten and an SEC, and then they'll have with this new playoff format. Right now, it's going to be four of teams from each conference going to be in the playoff or whatever when they expand so I, it's college football is evolving i don't really like how it's evolving but mm. it's inevitable the next chip to fall will be notre dame yeah reverend if notre dame leaves independent that pretty much solidifies how everything's just going to go one way or another and it's going to turn into almost the nfl setup right yeah. of an nfc afc type yes yeah. because yeah. notre dame i'm also a diehard notre dame fan so for me if they once they make if they make a move it will be at the big 10 because that's mm -hmm. where some of their other sports are depending on because the acc doesn't have a couple of the sports once they leave the acc and moves over to the big 10 that'll that'll wrap it up i think that'll happen sooner rather than later because their tv contract ends it's all with the nbc component right yeah and big 10 just got a component of nbc into their college football new contract mm -hmm. so it's all about the bottom line but yeah so but yeah two super conferences i don't like it but it's how it's gonna unfold yeah i, I think it it's very intriguing to see not just the two super conferences, but how the other ones are going to survive. Like, how is the Pac-12 going to survive? How is the Big 12 going to survive? You, I talked about this briefly on mine. It's just when you, you're too mega. Yeah, we talk about UCLA hasn't really done much winning as far as football, but they're still like number one revenue wise in the Pac-12. So it's like. <laughs> you lose them and you lose the uh, SEC, which is the number two. So it's it's just it's UCLA's this is going venue upon venues. They got the Rose Bowl, and that will keep exactly. them in the conversation. So it's it's it's, it's unfortunate because now it's going to be unique to see what these other, like you said, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12. What are they going to do? I wouldn't be surprised if the Big 12 and Pac-12 join up because they're still low kind of local to one another yeah i think the acc is going to be a total wash and they're going to be gone i really do yeah i think i think 
I think Miami, Clemson, will move, Miami and Clemson will move, and Florida State, they'll leave ACC, go to the SEC. And they go to SEC, yeah, because yep. of the region. And, and you try to figure out – because those are – no offense to the other programs. Those are the big three. Yeah. Like, like name-wise, right? North Carolina Miami, footballs. Miami, honestly, Miami and Florida State really aren't in that conversation football-wise right now. Exactly. But because of their pedigree. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, North Carolina football. You're not really pushing yeah. the needle. Sorry, North Carolina. Sorry, University of Virginia. Sorry. BC or Boston College. Boston College. Boston College, you haven't been relevant since Matt Ryan. No offense. So. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Jesus. But, yeah, hey, man, I do appreciate you having me on, bro. Definitely, definitely is an honor, man. It, it really is, bro. Absolutely. And. Hopefully you can come on again soon. I would love to have you back on maybe even within this, these new announcements, be able to get you on potentially another show. I'm not going to leave. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, But this is the final whistle sports podcast. Everybody's signing off. Enjoy the rest of your week. Be on the lookout for more content as always. And enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. Because I know football is now here, everybody. It is. Much love, man. Much love.